This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Hey, Village Church. Welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Tim and Pastor Michael with you, and thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Michael, for being here. (laughs) So good to be here. (laughs) So here's our question for today. Under what circumstances is it okay for Christians to break the law? So this question really has to do with civil disobedience. Yeah, I, I've, I, I've often thought if I lived during the era of the Revolutionary War, would I have fought England? Would I have killed um, English-speaking people in a sense like my former— Because they were all English. They were all English. Like my former brothers and sisters, like would I go to war um, with them? And I do understand what they wanted. They wanted mm-hmm. freedom of religion and freedom of speech. They wanted freedom. They didn't want to be right. under this um, religious tyranny, if you will. Um, I've often wondered um, in the uh, 19th century, in the Civil War, um, just with the absolute, I mean, atrocity of what was happening to slaves, mm-hmm. um, even though there was more to that war than just that issue. But would I have gone to fight? Would I have killed a Southern American um, to— Sometimes brothers against brothers. Yeah. I mean, Fathers crazy. against sons. Absolutely. Um, so to what extent would I actually fight? Um, I think about Nazi Germany. If I lived in that time, would I have um, fought to kill? Would I, If there was a civil war, would I have participated knowing— mm. Um, the atrocities that were happening. And so um, I, I don't even know that until I'm in that situation that I know what to do, um, right. particularly when it comes to fighting and war. Mm-hmm. That being said, would I rebel? Absolutely. Are you kidding me? Um, 100%. Um, would I disobey the government? You better believe it. Would I um, go to jail in defense of the African-American or the Jew? Um, mm. Yeah, you yes. better believe it. And um, and so I, I think a really necessary distinction to make, and I think this is fundamental because in the current political atmosphere, um, there are some very confusing words. There's confusing rhetoric around um, Jesus and the role of government and the role of the church. For example, people would say Jesus would never go to war. Um, therefore, Christians should never go to war. Well, uh Jesus ends up slaughtering a lot of people in the Bible, you know, whether it's in yes. hell or in battle or mm-hmm. through. Uh, uh, yeah. So anyways, so Jesus isn't like some big wimp who's afraid of killing people. Um, in fact, um, to the point where every person's days are numbered by Jesus, he mm-hmm. determines the, the the days of your life. Like right. he sets the day and the time and the moment of your death into motion before you're even born. So. I don't think Jesus is quite as, we'll say, weak sauce as maybe many of the more liberal Christians right now want to make him mm-hmm. out to be. But um, fundamentally at the core of this is a misunderstanding of the role, the God-ordained role of government and the God-ordained role of church. And right. they're different and they serve different purposes. And uh, so we'll just start off and say this. Um, the government, according to Romans chapter 13, is given the sword – to protect. Um, Correct. That, that is very important. That would be the modern day gun, the modern day missile, the modern mm-hmm. day tank. And God has given secular governments authority to wage war. Right. He has given them the authority to execute discipline, to execute justice and judgment. Um, now, what's crazy, and, I, and I'll read to you some portions of um, Romans 13 now, but I want you to hear this. Um, as Paul is writing Romans, um, Nero 
evil, atrocious Nero who crucifies Christians, lines the streets with crucified Christians and then sets them on on fire. fire. Um, I mean, crazy uh, atrocities happened under Nero. Okay, So you take... Um, Hitler and this guy's inner character was worse. Okay, right. Um, and so, he, in light of that, I want you to listen to what Paul says in Romans thirteen to the Christians about the relationship with government. It says, "Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by." God. And this comes back to a phrase that we say regularly, God allows, ordains, or permits all things to happen. And so there are some governments that are allowed or ordained Mm -hmm. or instituted by God. Either way, if God didn't want them there, they would not be there. That government exists currently to serve a purpose. So then Paul goes on and says, Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. Now, not judgment necessarily from God, but judgment from the from authority the that God has the government. instituted. So, Tim, you could look at me and say, well, look, now I have to do whatever they say. If they say reject Jesus, now I have to reject Jesus. And it's like, okay, let's think a little bit more mm-hmm. critically about this, but we'll keep reading. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad, bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good and you will receive his approval. And this is just the general rule that even under Nero, if you don't make waves and you don't rebel and do crazy things, then you won't get in trouble. Um, For he is God's servant for your good. If you do wrong, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain. Um, And so the the general vibe here is that the, the default relationship that we have with our government, no matter how crazy or corrupt they are, is submission. Correct. But there is a leader that we submit to that is over government. And his name is? Jesus. Jesus, the king of kings, the emperor of emperors, the lord of lords. Okay. So when Nero tells us to do something that contradicts what Jesus says, then what we do is we obey Jesus and we rebel against Nero. And so I want to just be really, really clear here that um, what Paul's trying to get at is that the default is obey your government. God has ordained that the government has the sword. The sword is to execute justice in and outside of the nation. The sword has multiple purposes. Uh, And so our military has the metaphorical sword, the gun, and so do the police. They each have their different role. One is protecting um, inside the boundaries of our nation. The other is protecting outside the boundaries of our nation, if you will. I understand that. The, the boundaries can get a little fuzzy on mm-hmm. those, but you get the point. So um, understanding that the government is given the sword to protect. The government is given the sword to protect, and God is okay when the government uses the sword. Now, there's this um, recent development called just war theory that would say um, these are the just ways in which government can use it. My, I love just war theory. Don't get me wrong. I appreciate it. It has done much good in restraining unnecessary That's evil correct. in this world. But before just war theory, um, Paul still told the Christians, you need to submit to, to emperors like Nero mm-hmm. or Saddam Hussein or Hitler or Mao or Stalin. I mean, these guys who are capable of incredible atrocities, somehow they are allowed, ordained, or permitted by God. And the Christian's job is not to unnecessarily poke the bear. Right. <laughs> okay. Um, now, Jesus is Lord over them. And if they ask us to disobey Jesus, we disobey 
Nero or our leaders. So um, I want to read to you from uh, Acts chapter five, and this is, I think, the perfect example. And there are there are instances of quote civil disobedience. In for example, in Exodus, when the midwives disobeyed Pharaoh's command to kill all the Jewish babies, a number of them chose um, not. They to. chose not to because that disobeyed a larger um, uh, ruler, which is God Himself, Daniel, Esther, etc. But here's what it says in Acts chapter five. It says when they had brought them. They set them before the council. So the apostles um, are being brought before the council, uh, the Jewish council, and the high priest questioned them, saying, we strictly charge you not to teach in this name, Jesus. That's right. Jesus' name. Yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. But Peter and the apostles answered, this is so great, by the way, we must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed. Don't you love this like mm-hmm. unnecessarily insightful? Now he's talking about poking the bear. He's poking the bear. The bear. <laughs> Peter, um, go for it. Go, go for it, Peter. Whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses to these things. And so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. Oh, by the way, what he's telling the Jewish leaders is you don't have the Holy Spirit. Sorry. Right. You know, and uh, the the response to this is they get punished. You know, this is not a fun experience they have to go through. Um, but I am, I am willing to take whatever punishment um, a human government gives me uh, if it means I get to obey Jesus, I will disobey our human government in a moment um, if it means obeying Jesus. So let's go to China. Okay. Um, strict rules on having one baby. Okay. If we found out we were pregnant and the law mandated abortion, I would not do it. I would take whatever punishment they gave me um, because I have to obey God who says, do not murder. Right. M- before I obey the government. Right. So that, that's an example where civil disobedience is actually necessary. It's at 100% necessary. Um, if I was um, uh, working under a slave master and he told me to beat a slave, I would not do it. Right. I would take whatever beating he gave mm-hmm. me before I beat that slave. And then there are moral quandaries that come up in these circumstances. What if the guy says, okay, if you don't do it, then he'll get it tenfold. Right. Mm-hmm. Not even going to begin to answer those those moral quandaries. Right. But you get in these circumstances when evil, malicious, satanically inspired um, men and women um, push us to do things. And those are moments where we just pray that the Holy Spirit gives us an incredible amount of wisdom, um, I think, in those moments. Right. So um, but the big picture here is my allegiance is to Jesus. As far as it depends on me, I will not poke the bear of the government. <laughs> um, the the government is given the sword to execute justice and war at its will, God willing within legitimate parameters, but we can't always control that. Um, And uh, the church has a different role than the government. The government is given the sword. The church is given the gospel. That's right. And so our job as the church is is not the good news of Jesus. That is it. It is not to wield the sword. And every time in history, (laughs) the church wields the sword. They're in big trouble. All right. Now let's get to the last quandary. What if I am a Christian, a part of the church, but I also work for the government who bears the sword? And this is where we look at Christians and say, it is legitimate for you to go to war in behalf of the state 
with the sword. Mm -hmm. It is not okay for you to go to war in behalf of the church with the sword. The two have different functions and they are given different tools and weapons to be used by God because one is here to exercise physical peace. The other is to bring in spiritual Spiritual. peace. Mm -hmm. Spiritual peace comes through a spiritual message. Physical peace often comes through a physical means. Mm -hmm. And so um, when you are in that position, now you as a Christian have to really search and examine each war you're in or each uh, duty you're, you're obligated to execute. Is this honoring to God? If so, go for it. Right. If not, then you need to exercise, we'll say, civil disobedience in the government mm-hmm. as you were part of that. So I hope that helps. But I think a lot of the fog around this issue um, is because people think um, that Jesus has not given the government the sword to execute justice. And they get this distinction mixed up. So the government is sanctioned by Jesus to do this. And the church is sanctioned by Jesus to execute the spiritual sword, which is the gospel. Right. Is that clear, Tim? Clear as clear as crystal. Clear as crystal. I was going to say clear as mud. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, clear as crystal. Yeah. And, you know, our liberal brothers and sisters, are gonna they're not going to like that because they're I, – I, I've just found their inability to make clear, nuanced distinctions – it struggles. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just want to say, you know, you got to figure out how to deal with some of these things and be okay with it. Example is never once when a centurion comes to faith in Jesus does he ever tell him to leave the Roman army, ever. Right. Because Jesus even had the apostles have these categories that you can work for the government and be a part of the church. And mm-hmm. the two do not need to contradict each other. So, Michael, I totally agree with you. But let me throw this out. And let's just discuss it. Is there a proper way for Christians to display civil disobedience and an improper way? Because I think there are. Yeah. You know, so every time a Christian exercises civil disobedience, they are doing it as the church. Correct. And the church is never, ever, ever commissioned to violence. We are a nonviolent church people or organization and culture thoroughly. Yeah. The church's Um, greatest weapon is love. Yes. Um, And so we exercise the power of the gospel and the spirit of love always. Mm -hmm. And the government is not commissioned to nonviolence. They're actually commissioned um, to use violence when necessary. Use force and and equal force that is necessary to accomplish the mission. Yep. So, we just got to really be very careful that when we do this, we are wise and humble. And yet, and yet, I want to just draw this out. Um, the one group of people that Jesus and the apostles get really snarky with, it's not secular authorities. It is religious authorities. That's right. And that's why in Acts chapter 5, the apostles are in big trouble with the high priest. And they get kind of sassy with him, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, and so I imagine if there was an oppressive, oppressive liberal Christian government that wanted to get rid of all gospel preaching Christians, I'd probably get pretty snarky with them. Mm-hmm. But I would not do that to a secular government. Right. I would not they do would that. not understand where we were coming yeah. from. And it would be verbal snarkiness, not physical snarkiness, mm-hmm. if you know what I'm saying. That's right. Um, but I, I did appreciate Peter's like, oh, by the way, you killed Jesus, <laughs> you know, in his response. <laughs> um, and you know what? Whatever punishment they're going to dish out. You just got to be willing to take it, you know, and that is that is a part of being human. They got whipped. They got beaten. They got mocked. They got scoffed. They got kicked out of cities. They got stoned. Eventually, sure they all ended up dying. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I mean, whatever 
That's why our loyalty is to Jesus, despite the physical consequences. But our response is always nonviolence. That's exactly right. Listeners, thanks for joining us today. Please do us three favors. Go to our church website and submit a question by going to www.vcob.org and click on that link that says Q&A podcast. Just submit your question there. Second, share this podcast with a friend or a foe or a family member. We'll change those around a little bit. (laughs) And three, be sure to go to the iTunes store and rate and review this podcast. Five stars. Five stars, stars, please. Thanks for joining us again. And please join us next time when we answer the question, can I still be a Christian and not feel guilty for the things that I've done wrong? Mm -hmm.